0: Woo, amen. So last time we spoke, um, if we can pull up the scripture, I was reading out of 2 Kings chapter 6. And I'm just going to do a real brief overview. If you guys didn't hear it last time, there's CDs available. We talked about me beating up a girl and all kinds of stuff. So you've got to make every service. If you miss one, it, whoa, what went on? So I want to read real quick. I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, one day a group of prophets came to Elijah and told him, as... As you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Let us go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. So, they, so he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick, threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe said, floated to the surface. Grab it, Elijah said. And the man reached out and grabbed it. Amen. Pretty simple little story. Um, we kind of broke it That first part of that story down, how God wants us to expand. Expand our territories. Look at your neighbor and say, I need to expand. Amen. Amen. We all need to expand. And it talked about in those first verses how they needed a larger place to, to dwell. And God, wants us to, draw, uh, to, to live in larger places, amen. God doesn't want us to live in the small conformities of our own mind, but God wants us to thrive and to live in those places, in those unknown places, in those places of faith, in those places of destiny that God has called in each and every one of you, amen. And when we build, when you build something, I have a construction background, and the first thing before any construction gets take place that the the either the foreman or the designer what does he get he gets his blueprints and he lays them out and amen how many of you know that God gave us blueprints God gave you a blueprint for your life today and it's up to us to take these blueprints and lay them out and the and and the and the foreman doesn't just lay out the blueprints and quickly glance over them and then he studies them and he knows all the ins and outs of the building What electrical panel goes here? And why is this wall here? And he takes time to study. And some of us, we need to get our blueprints out and close our spiritual office door sometimes and get down before God and study our blueprints. Study where God wants to take you, amen? It may be a Sunday service. I'm I'm pretty sure Brother Ben will. Brother Ben, I just really need something from God and I know it's one o'clock. Can I call you when I'm done and you can come and lock up the church? Or can, can somebody stay here? Because sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get that answer from God. Sometimes God wants us to tarry a little bit more. God doesn't work on your lunch schedule, and sometimes He doesn't work on your, your work schedule or your family schedule. Sometimes God just wants you to sacrifice a little bit more so He can fully reveal Himself to you. Amen. Can we all agree with that? And sometimes we just gotta tarry a little bit more. And sometimes we gotta shut that door and put, you know what, don't disturb me right now because I need to get into a place with God because I don't know where I'm going in my life. I don't understand these blueprints. I don't know what I'm building. How many of us have ever been in that spot in life? You're just kind of just rambling through life. What am I doing here? Why am I doing this? God, where have you called me? Where have you placed me? God doesn't just call you to come on Sunday morning and give your offering and raise your hand and go home. That's not a calling. That's not a ministry. God didn't call you just to, just to, to be a spectator and participate. God called you for a specific calling. God says, I, I had laid this all down before the foundations of the earth. Before you were even born, I had set these plans for you. I had set these blueprints for you. And it's up to us as believers to seek after God and find those things. Amen? So that's where we were at last time, is that God wants to expand our horizons and take us to a place where there's plentiful, where it says there are lots of logs. God wants to take you to a place where, man, all your needs are going to get met. Even though you're not equipped to do the job, God will equip you, amen? So now we're at verse 3. If we can pull up verse 3 through 4. And it says, let's see here, sorry about that, lost my spot. Build a new place for So verse 3, these are the prophets, and they're calling out to Elijah, and they say, Please come with us, someone suggested. And he says, I will, he said. So he went with them. How awesome is that? That we have leadership, that we have a God that will go with us. You guys are getting quiet on me. How awesome is it that we have a God that can go with us, amen? That we don't just serve a God that points his finger and goes, do that, do that, do that, do that, and I'm going to sit back and watch. God is saying, no, I'm going to walk with you, amen? I'm going to go with you, amen? Brother Terry, come here. And I know I've preached this before, but I really want to hit this home. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, take my what? Take my yoke. And he's not talking about eggs, Okay? Jesus ain't drinking raw eggs and saying, take my yoke. No. In the Old Testament, a yoke was a device that was hitched on an animal so that they can plow. But most yokes in that day weren't just for single animals. They were for two. Double yokes. So when Jesus says, take my yoke, that means we're clicked together. So as I walk and I stop, Jesus stops. When I stumble... He's stumbling. When I'm up, when I'm running, I'm running. See, we have a God. Thank you, brother. We have a God that will go with us. That's never going to leave you, never forsake you. That how far you go out, God is going to be right there with you. But you have to recognize that you're not doing it all alone. Sometimes we get so fixated on just going straight and going straight and going straight. We forget to look to the side and look who's actually carrying the load with us, amen. So praise God, we've got a God that goes with us, amen, and praise God we have leadership in this church that goes with us, because that comes down the line. Before we had a cleaning crew, and, and I know he's going to be embarrassed, and he's probably going to pull me aside and say, don't do this no more, but before we had a cleaning crew, you know who came down here on late Saturday nights and vacuumed our church? It was Pastor. Because he's willing to do what it takes. He's willing to go where, we, where we're going to go. He didn't sit at home and call people saying, Hey, I need you to go back. And he saw a need and he met it. Because he's willing to go where we're willing to go. And thank God we have leadership in this church that's like that. And thank God we have a God that will go with us wherever we go. Amen. 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 So, on to verse 4, it says, When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But one of them was cutting a tree, and his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. This was a kind of a big deal. See, iron wasn't cheap back then, and it wasn't really common. Iron was just now being developed, so it was a very rare commodity to have. And, you know, it wasn't like they went down to Hebrew Depot and got a new axe. You got to find somebody to forge it and make the metal. So, this was something valuable, a valuable tool that was lost. And isn't it just like the enemy to mess you up when you're getting ready to swing? Isn't it just like the enemy? You're set. You're ready to go. I have my destination. I have my blueprints. I'm primed. I'm ready, Lord. And right in your backswing, (whistles) whoa, what happened? You ever have those, you know, those, oh, moments? Oh, no, what happened? And that's what he says. I love that. He goes, oh, sir, That in, in the Old Testament, that means, oh, no. Pretty much, that's what it means. It means, oh no, what happened? Who's ever had oh no moments in their life? I remember when we were we just had launched iKids, and we were handing out flyers and stuff. And I was on my rollerblades. That's right, I'm cool. I can rollerblade. But I'm going through, and I'm I'm rollerblading around, and and I'm handing out flyers for iKids and stuff. And I see this see this person fixing the sprinkler, and so I'm like, oh cool, I'm gonna go over there and talk to this person. So I scoot over there on my road plates and I go, excuse me, sir. Let me tell you, ma'am, sorry. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> you know, we've run into those oh, no moments where we're just, we're, we're doing something that's great. And we're doing something for, and oh, no, no, words coming out and I can't capture them. You know, we've all been there. We've said something and just words keep falling out and we can't put them back in. And then you just, it's an oh, no moment. And, you know, that happens to all of us, amen. But God, God is with us. So just when we're right in our backswing, we just think we know where we're going. We've got it set. The anointing's on us. We're we're just, that's it. I've got it. I'm saved. I'm set apart. And just, and that X head falls in the muddy, dark waters of life. See, the enemy says, I've come to kill, to steal, and destroy everything that God has given you. And he will do everything in his power to take away your cutting edge. Let me explain it a little different way. Get my little prop here. Hopefully everyone can see it. See, we've all got things we've got to cut down in our life. We all have these stubborn trees in our life. That God wants us to overcome and tear down and eradicate so that we can grow and we can fulfill that calling and we can build out of those blueprints in our life. And seeing how did that guy feel when he's sitting here and, he, and he's just, he's getting ready to chop it down and, and his axe head falls down. And he can't find it and it falls in the water. and He's just sitting there and he hears everybody else being productive. And he hears trees falling down and And everybody else is is doing what they're supposed to do, but he's ill-equipped to do what he's supposed to do. And how many of us feel like that in church, that we come and, man, everybody else is getting blessed, and, man, this person's getting getting checks out of nowhere, and then this person's growing in their ministry, and I'm just kind of standing here stagnant, and I just, I hear everything around me, but there isn't nothing really going on in my life. And that's where we have two options. For some of us, we just keep on swinging. Just keep on swinging. Because we don't want nobody to see that we've lost our cutting edge. So I'm just going to keep on swinging. I'm just going with the flow. Because it would be embarrassed to say, hey... I can't complete my task. I'd lost something. I've lost something valuable. So we just keep going at it. And going at it. And going at it. And we're just sitting there and we're just swinging axe handles. And some of us, man, we've got really nice axe handles. We've put some time into our axe handles. They're all pretty. Put a nice stain on them. Bedazzled it. It's got jewels on it. It's pretty. It's the nicest axe hand handle out of the whole church. It's beautiful. But when it comes time to use it, it's ineffective. And so many times, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. So many times, we find victory and motion. Do you guys understand what I'm getting? You find victory in motion. I came to Sunday morning, and I raised my hands, and I paid my tithes. Job done. I can go home. Oh. Oh. I do a little bit of ministry. Job done. I can go home. See, we find victory in the motion. But at the end of the day... All we have are bloody hands, beat up axe handles, and just a wounded tree. God is saying, I want more in your life than just a beat up axe handle. That you have lost your cutting edge. That God doesn't want you just to swing, to swing for swinging's sake. But God wants you to have some, 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 fruit that comes out of it. Some production that comes out of it. Because at the end of the day, you're just going to be worn out and never really accomplished anything. Is this speaking to anybody? We find victory in the motion. See, we can be a part of something, but be just as disengaged in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can be a part of something and be just as, just as much disengaged as we are a part of something. Some of you are husbands and wives, but your marriage is disconnected. Some of you are guardians, but you're not mothers and fathers. See, you're a part of something, but you're really not connected and integrated in it. See, I'm a part of the body. I go to church. I do all the things. But pretty much my life is the same as it was when I entered in. It's just I got to... New group of people in my life, and I kind of feel better about myself. And so many of us as Christians, we live our lives like that. We just find victory in the motions. We need to find our cutting edge as Christians because God doesn't just want you swinging an axe handle at, and, 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 and just getting nowhere fast. So, how do we find our cutting edge? And in John chapter 1, 1 John 2, uh, 27, it says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. In you. And you do not need to teach anyone, or you don't need anyone to teach you, but the same anointing teaches you, considering all things. And it is true, and is not a lie. And just as it is taught you, and you abide in him. See, the anointing is in you, and the anointing is what gives us our cutting edge. It's the anointing of God that, when it comes into our lives, it gives us that sharper edge. It's the anointing that separates us. Because anyone can have a religious experience. Anybody can go to church. Anybody can put a nice suit on and sit in a pew and sing a song. But it's the anointing, amen, that sets us apart as believers, amen. Amen. Because lots of religions have a service. Lots of religions get together. Lots of religions have Bible studies. But it's the anointing that sets us apart. See, we can do nothing in the spirit realm at all without the anointing. You will constantly struggle with the things in your, in your life if you don't apply the anointing to them. So we can have option one and we can spend the rest of our lives just in motion and in motion and in motion. Or we can do option two. And that's what the, that's what the, the guy who lost his axe had, did. And he says, what did he do? And it says he cried out. It says he cried out to God. When was the last time that we as individuals and we as a church truly cried out to God? When have you cried? I mean, cried. This was a crisis. This man had lost something that wasn't his. And he cried out to God. But here's the thing. He wasn't in a place of sin. He was in a place of desperation. And so many times we cry out to God when it's a sin matter. And not a heart matter. And God wants us just to cry out and give him all of everything to him, amen. See, so many times we use the the altar and an altar call as a place of forgiveness. That when we come up here, it's oh man, that guy screwed up, or oh, he might mean he's... No, that's that is an illusion from the enemy. This is a place of restoration and healing. This isn't a place of condemnation. Or look who messed up. If we were in the right mindset, every altar service would be filled. Because it's an opportunity for me to go to my God and cry out. Because this week was rough. I went through some stuff. My husband, my wife, my kids, my job. All of those things. My bills, my finances. Life in general is hard. And this is an opportunity that I can go, God, I need you more in my life. Because not one of us have arrived to the spot in our lives where we don't need to cry out to God anymore. He cried out, Lord, I'm in trouble. I didn't steal the axe head. I didn't sell it. I lost it. I did it unintentionally. And sometimes we get spots in our Christian lives where just circumstances happen and unintentionally you are on a road that you were never destined to be at. And we need to learn to cry out to God, get me on the right path. And this is what we demand. When when you just get into a spot, I, I don't know what to pray about. You know, just pray. Man, Lord, I don't know what it is, but I've lost it. I know I've lost it, I can't do anything without it, and I need it back. Just a simple prayer, and that's what this guy was praying. I, I, I can imagine he's saying that in his head, Lord, I lost this thing. I've lost my cutting edge, whatever my cutting edge is, whatever your cutting edge is, whatever sets you apart, whatever that, that calling that God has called you, God, I lost it. And I didn't mean to lose it. It just happened. It happened in the motion. But I need it back, God, because this is the only thing that sets me apart. This is the only way I'm going to get to the place where you need me to be. And I just, I need it back, God. Let's see what happens. You see, because he can never complete the task that he had on his own. Here we go. This is where it gets deep. He can never complete the task at hand because the thing that he was using was borrowed. He was never equipped on his own to cut down the tree. You are not equipped to cut the things down in your life that you need to cut down on your own. All you got are axe handles. And I don't care how hard you hit this, you will never cut this down with an axe handle. And we will never get to the place where we need to get in our spiritual lives on your own. you got to use something that was... You're going to have to borrow something. And Titus 3, verse 5, says, Not by works of righteousness, which may we have done... But according to his mercy, he has saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't by our works. It was through the, the, the sacrifice that Jesus made that we were able to accomplish anything in the spiritual realm. It's nothing you can do. It's only through Jesus Christ that you can conquer these things that are in your life. Only through Him. I don't care how many seminars you go to, how many self help books you read, how many counselors you go to, psychics, friends, parties. I I don't care what what it is you think that's going to give you an edge on your life. All of it will fail compared to the anointing and the calling of God. Only God can tear down those things. That hamper you in your life. Just as the iron was expensive. There was a high price. Paid in full. For all of us. That we can walk. In victory. In John 3.16 it says. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. But have everlasting life. There is a high price. That was paid. That you can go in your life. And conquer the things that hold you down. It's nothing that you did. So we can relate. We can relate with that guy. Because we're both borrowing something to complete in our lives. Do you guys, are you guys with me? Do you guys understand that? That it's not by our own works. It's only through God. So where did it fall? Where did, our, where did it fall? And, it, and, and I love it because it says, and he, and he cried, and, and, and Elijah says, where did it fall? The, uh, the man of God asked, and then it said, he showed him the place. He showed him the place. Psalms 139 says, we could pull that up. Search me. Search me. Oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What? Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me, O oh God. Show him. Show God where those, in, where those places are, those lost things in your life. Show me. To show God, man, that's, that's a vulnerability. Who in here has ever been searched? Or frisked, maybe I should say. (laughs) Ever been through an airport? We went to Mexico one time and the guy thoroughly searched. I he searched me. I didn't know if I needed to call him back the next day to just I didn't know. I didn't know where that relationship was going, but he thoroughly searched me. So I just I didn't know what was proper etiquette. Do I leave a card? Do I I mean, when you're searched, it can be a violating experience. Amen? You can be violated. And I know that's funny, but when we say, Search me, oh God, spiritually, man, we can get nervous. That's that's all. That that's it's a great scripture. We all said we sing about it. Search me, oh God. All the, you know, we sing those songs and stuff. But when you really break it down to tell God, search me. You better be ready because let me tell you, He's going to find something. He's going to find something when you cry out to God, search me, oh God, and know my heart and test and know my anxious thoughts. Those things that your wife don't hear when you say it or or your husband hears when you you know in your in your mind, the things you say about your coworkers or just in in life in general, those thoughts that pop up, God search those things out. That's a heavy that's 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 a heavy thought right there. God search me. Search me out. But that's what the man says. He goes, "Let me show you. Let me show you because I know where it went, but I can't find it. What a spiritual mature thing to say. And we as Christians, we need to be able to do that. God, search me in this area. Let me let me take you to the place. Let me be real with you, God. No, no more hide and seek. Let me really show you. This is this is the moment that it happened. Because, see, every moment in your life is connected with a place. Every instance instance in your life, anything that's ever happened to you, it's connected with a place. If you can think back, amen? You guys get that? It's connected with a place. And we need to be able to take God to that place, amen? Because when something falls in the water, what happens? When you throw a rock in the water, what happens? There's ripples. But so many of the times... I love this. We want to be ripple riders. See, we want to just deal with the ripples in our life. We just want to deal with the, the, the ripples. Because there's a source where the ripples start. But that's the, that's the deep spot. I can deal with the ripples. Oh, Lord, why don't you bless me financially? God, why, why can't I get ahead in my job? Well, because if you search the ripples, you probably don't pay tithes. But we don't want to deal with that. I just want to deal with the "why don't you bless me" part, not the "why that happens," or God, why can't why why isn't my marriage working? Well, do you pray for your spouse? Do you pray together? Do you do the well? I don't want to do that. I just want to just make them happy. I just want them to shut up. That's what I want. <laughs> or God, man, I'm being I'm being crucified at my job and all that. Well, do you, do you share the gospel? Do they know you're a Christian? Well, you know, I don't want to get to, I just want to deal with the. See, we just want to deal with the ripples in life. We just want to deal with that, the outside circumstances. Because ripples are easy to deal with. They're easy questions. They're easy answers. But when you go, search me, oh God, you have to go to the source of the ripple. Amen? So how do we get to the source of the ripple? How do we, how do we get the things out of our life that are so deep? That are so sunk in the mud and the mire of of, of just life in general. How do we get those things out? Well, We do exactly what Elijah did. And it says that he came and he cut a stick. Cut a stick off the tree. And it says he threw it. Into the place where the axe head fell. And it floated to the top. And I kept reading that over and over. What? That doesn't make sense. Okay. Number one, scientifically, that doesn't make sense. Iron doesn't float. God. You know, and there's just some things in the Bible you can just, and just scientifically. God doesn't work on scientific levels. Amen. Why did you, why did, why, why, the stick, why did the stick make it float? And this is what I concluded in my heart. That the same wood that hundreds of years after this incident would be shaped into a cross to nail our Savior on. This is the same logs and wood that was cast down into into that water to bring up that axe head and i'm saying that it's cuz the cross and the sacrifice of jesus christ what he did on that cross when we apply the principles of the cross into our life easter's coming up amen in a couple of weeks and when we apply the sacrifice that he did that he was he bore those stripes for your healing amen that he went on that cross an innocent man and bore the guilt and the shame in your lives That Randall, he took your addiction 2,000 years ago and he applied it to his life and says, I'm going to nail this on this cross for you because I know you can't bear it on your own because brother, I'm going to walk with you and this is how I'm going to walk with you. And when we apply the cross to our lives in those areas, those things that were sunk and abandoned, those relationships that you never thought that you were going to get back, those dreams that had been shattered will start to rise back up, amen, when you apply the cross in those areas in your life, amen. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, but to us, Who are being saved. It is the power of God. Amen. The devil thought he had won. This is it. I got him. He's done. I nailed him to a cross. I have the victory. Amen. And Jesus says. I'm going to take. The biggest defeat in my life. And I'm going to make it something. And I'm going to make it my greatest victory. Amen. And that's the same thing. The thing that caused your axe head to fall off, God will take and make that your greatest victory in your life. Amen. That addiction that pulled you down into the depths that you were in, God says, I will take that addiction and I will make you something from that addiction, amen? The depression that pulled you down where you couldn't get out of your bed, God is saying, I will take that addiction or I'll take that depression and I will make you a conqueror through it, amen? That you could pull others out of that same depression, amen? Those things that caused your axe heads, the the things that made you lose your sharp, your sharp edge. God will use those things to put you back in a right standing. Amen. Now the worship team come up. See, in Colossians chapter 2, 13 through 15, it says, when you were dead in your sins and in your uncircumcised of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Chap- verse 15 is what gets me so excited. And having what? Disarmed. Who? Oh, everyone, look at your name and say disarmed. Have disarmed the powers and authorities. He has made a public spectacle of them trying to triumphing over them by the cross. Let me tell you something. You came in not as sharp as you need to be. Maybe you came in swinging an axe handle, but God is saying, I've disarmed those things that causes you to live the life that you're living. I've disarmed those things right now and that you can get up with authority. You guys are getting quiet on me. I said you can get up with authority and have something that when you come to the circumstances in your life... You can actually take something out in it, amen, that I ain't just swinging an axe handle. Praise God. That's fine. Guess what? My axe head's still on because I know who I am in God, amen, that when I can come against the enemy, man, there's fruit there. I'm biting into it. And you know what? I ain't going to get it done the first swing or the second swing, but I know there's progress there. My hands-on as beat up. My axe handle isn't as is damaged. I've got my sharp edge back. I can do what I need to do in the Lord. If we can go back to that last verse in Kings chapter 6. Go ahead and start playing, bro. And Elijah cut the stick and he threw it into the water at that first spot. Then the axe head floated up to the surface. What does he say? Grab it. Grab it. Some of you this morning need to step out and grab it. You need to step out and grab it this morning. You need to reach out and grab what God has for you. For some of you, that axe head has been floating up here for years. God is saying, I have already made it happen. It's already floating, but you need to reach out and you need to grab it. Brother, you need to reach out and grab it. Sister, you need to reach out and grab it. You got to make the move. You got to make the move. He says, I supplied the way I died on the cross, but you got to reach out and grab it. Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. It's up to you to open that up this morning. God wants you to personally participate in your own miracle. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you. And I love that because it's not a singular word. He says, I know the plan for you. He says, plans, plural, plans, They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you future and a hope. It's time to take it back. It's time to take hold of those plans that God has set in your life. I don't care how old you are, how long you've been serving the Lord, how short you're serving the Lord. You may not even have the Lord in your life today, but I'm telling you right now, if you ask Jesus Christ into your life, this will be a life-changing experience because you can leave out of this place for the first time knowing, you know what? I may not have it all together. I don't got all the answers, but I've got the God that does and I've got a sharp edge and I know that when I keep swinging that there's going to be some fruit that's going to come out of it, amen? That I'm not just swinging to swing no more. That I'm not just going through the motions of life and getting to the same results that I have. I'm going to ask you all to stand to your feet. You can be one of the two options today. You can be a person that just swings an axe handle or you can make that prayer, God, search me. Search me, O God. Let me find that sharp edge that you need me to find. But it's up to you just like that those last verses, you got to grab it. You got to grab it today. And as I say that, some of you right now are struggling with that thought. But you got to step out of your place and claim it. We can come up here, me, Pastor, Brother White. We can agree with you, but there's nothing magical that happens between us. It's up to you to grab it. All we can do is agree with you that you're going to take that step. So I'm asking right now, if that is you today, maybe you lost your sharp edge. Maybe there's something that God has set before you. and You need to reach out and grab it. I'm going to ask you to come up to this altar and find a spot up here. Because it's got to be you that does it. It's got to be you that wants it. And if that is you today, these altars are open. If you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, I want you to come see me because I want to pray with you today. That you can leave this place better than what you came in. That you can leave this place today with a destiny in your heart. That you can leave this place today with plans. With plans to make you better. With that said, these altars are open.